Yeah, getting Greenway back on the ice probably pretty good for the Minnesota Wild, who are uh, start of the season 0-3 tonight. The Canucks and the Wild as they finish up that homestand. A pleasant Thursday afternoon. The Jack Michaels Show, Brad Anderson, Derek Hansen with you today. It was a busy night last night around the region in sport. Uh, we'll get to all that coming up. My man Tommy D, Tommy Dodge coming up around the corner. But we kick off today with a little bit more hockey, Brad, because we are ready for Fargo Force Hockey and, and, and a nice marriage with uh, with uh, our sports properties in Fargo Force Hockey. Brad Nick Oliver joining us right of the gate huh, today, huh? Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, Coach, good to, uh, good to have you with us. And, uh, boy, uh, any any road trip, and there hasn't been a lot of home hockey here at uh, Shields Arena early on here, but you're going to have a stretch here. we got uh, four or five games here in a row at home starting tonight. But uh, last week you get an overtime win uh, at Sioux City and uh, started fast in a win at Sioux Falls. But uh, four points in the road is uh, very encouraging, especially early in the year. Absolutely. and uh, Thanks for having me on, guys. Um, no, it's been, been a really good group of, of players and staff to work with uh, for me so far and um, they're continuing to push each other and continuing to get better and um, I thought last weekend albeit it's early in the year I thought it was a really good um, couple really good tests for us on the road and like you mentioned anytime you can uh, get four out of four points uh, playing in Sioux City and Sioux Falls a um, couple tough buildings to play in it, it uh, uh, shows that we're going in the right direction for sure. You weren't here last year, but uh, that was uh, kind of frustrating early on uh, in October and early November. And you can't win a championship in October and November, but you can certainly uh, start chasing points early on. That was the case last year. And then at least, you know, every you don't think about points maybe so much in October and November, but you might as well bank a few early. No, it's, it's you're, you're spot on. I, it's definitely early to start looking at standings and figure out where different teams are at just because it's such a long year and, and so many things can change throughout the course of a year. But um, no, for sure, points points now this time of year in October mean as much as they do in, in March, right? Um, and no, I think for us it's, it's just, you know, we're, we're definitely happy with where we're at out of the gates. But um, like anybody else, we, we have to find ways to keep getting better. And, and I thought last weekend was actually a – a uh, little bit of a microcosm of that in a, in a two-game set. Where Friday night, we um, for most of that night, we actually weren't happy with with how we played and, and some areas of our game, and um, found a way to claw back in that one, playing playing from behind and, and end up getting the overtime win. And um, just even from Friday to Saturday, our, our mindset and, and just a lot of the uh, the smaller areas of our game uh, definitely improved, and um, we needed that effort on Saturday. That was uh, arrested Sioux Falls team. It was. Uh, their home opening crowd in front of 7,300 people. So it took took everyone, and it took a really good team effort. And um, and no, it was a good sign for us that we could we could respond and keep keep growing in some areas. What an atmosphere that is! Nick Oliver, head coach of the Fargo Force, uh, joining us today. Jack, Mike, Jack here. Nick, I, I am curious because as the old guy, I guess now in the room for me, and it, it wasn't that long ago when you were when you're putting the skates on yourself and to a to a tremendous uh, career, and then on to the, the the coaching realm, whether it be from a scouting standpoint point or, or assistant coaching and that was the head guy it, was it easy to separate that that player in you to now the the coach in you is that an easy transition for you nick it was you know what it, it, it was a difficult transition just from the standpoint of you you miss playing and you miss being in the battle um as a player but i think as a coach you get a lot of those same you get a lot of those same emotions that come along with it, right? Sure. And you know, as a player, you're 
you're working your tail off every single day to, to improve your game, improve your skills, make sure your body's ready to play. Um, and as a coach, you're, you're putting all that same work in, but just in different areas, right? You're, you're making sure um, you're spending time with your players. You're making sure you're, you're getting them prepared in practice. You're getting them prepared with video. Um, so it's a lot of those same competitive emotions that go into it. You just have to channel it a different way. And fortunate for me, I get to take a lot less hits now and don't have to block <laughs> as many shots, which is kind of what I had to do as a player. So, um, physically I'm feeling great. Um, I'm feeling great. So it's, you know what, it, it's fun. And I think too, for a coach, you, you never want to lose that, that feeling of, you know, putting yourself in a player's shoes and, and maybe what you would have thought as a player. And I think that's, how we try to treat these guys and how we try to coach them is, um, you know, we're coaching staff isn't, isn't way up here and the players are way down there. We're all, we're all in that together and we're all pushing each other to get better. And um, so I think having that perspective, uh, not, you know, being too far removed from playing um, definitely helps on a coaching side. Curious on this real quick uh, for for Nick today because the schedule and as Brad talked about you got a little home home stand coming up here that's got to be nice but back to the coaching is tougher or easier the, the schedule is so immense the travel is so much there's just so much involved in in these young men's lives and but is it easier on the road I know it's better to be at home obviously but sometimes is it easier on the road from the distraction standpoint or is it all the same Nick because the schedule is just so full. It is a long year, and I think the USHL season from start to finish, you know, take the games out of it, is probably one of the longer seasons in, in a lot of different hockey leagues. Um, it's a longer year than college, for sure, from what, what I'm coming from. But, um, no, I, I, you do bring up a good point, and, and we talk to our guys a lot about that. Like, when you're on the road, it's just, you know, those those 24, 25 guys that, that are with you as part of your travel party and the staff, right? Like that's all that matters. And it's a little bit of the, the us against the world when, when you do play in, in front of some hostile environments. Um, but when you do come home, there's a lot of different distractions, right? And we have 16 to 20 year old players on our team and, and playing at home, there, there are some different factors that play into it, whether it's uh, family coming into town, whether it's girlfriends coming into town, right? You, you're dealing with a lot of that, uh, those different things. So I think for us, that's been a big part of our message is, um, you know, when we do play at home, there's number one, a uh, big, big sort of pride that comes with that and playing, um, playing good hockey on home ice, but also continuing to keep that narrow focus and, and stay dialed into to what we need to do to be successful. Seeing as many kids that have been going on to division one hockey and obviously even the NHL, I think Brad, you were, you and Travis Stone were rolling out some stats, all the, you know, USHL alum in the uh, league right now, that's really got to be a, a nice thing for you when you're trying to get kids to come to Fargo and play. Yeah, and take to take it back a little bit to, you know, the process when, when I was going through it to, you know, to come here to be the head coach. Like, um, you know, I wouldn't have come here if I didn't really believe in uh, the people that we have here and the organization and, the community that surrounds it. Um, like, I truly believe that this is one of the premier spots in junior hockey and in the USHL. Um, and from a resource standpoint, from a uh, standpoint of, you know, the staff that, that I get to work with and that I get to see them work with our players every day is just, um, it's just, it's first class. And so we, we put a premium on making sure the experience here and the development for our players is, is as good as we can make it. 
And, you know, with that individual development, we feel like team success follows after that. So, um, you know, obviously with, with Matt Cullen's involvement coming on board, that's been a huge step for our program um, and what he brings from a, from a management standpoint, from a, a day-to-day development standpoint from our players, uh, the assistant coaches that we have do an outstanding job. So um, it's something we're prideful of, and, and we want to continue to make this a spot where the top players in, in the country and the world want to come here to develop and, and continue to, to you know, ascend in their hockey careers. Goaltending's been excellent so far between Castro and Marinoff, uh, both goals against average under two. And uh, I know Castro was here early last year, and he's been around in the organization and uh, ended up going back to the NAHL. Marinoff, I think, did some good things when he uh, when he uh, uh, was added to the roster about midway through the year. But uh, uh, it's been pretty solid goaltending-wise. How's it been up front uh, defensively, too? You know, those those two have done an outstanding job so far. And, you know, I think the junior hockey, it is such a long year. I, I truly think you need two capable goalies that can push each other and, and can give you a chance to win every night. And those guys have been, been awesome. Like, they push each other in practice. Um, you know, they've both gotten opportunities to play. They both perform when they've been in the net. Um, and so that's been, you know, uh, definitely a strength of our group so far. And, you know, as you look at them and, and who they're surrounded by in the back end, I think that's been a huge piece of it, too. A uh, lot of experience, a uh, lot of games played uh, with our decor, um, guys that have been through and, and learned and have grown, whether it's uh, with Fargo last year, whether it's in different junior leagues. Um, that group's been, been a, a definite strength of ours in the depth we have back there playing in front of them, too. We really spread things out. 25 goals scored, 16 different goal scorers. That's hard to do. Yeah, it's, it's a credit to where we're at through six games. And I think, you know, the success that we've had so far is, is not just be, been because of, you know, one line or one deep pair or one goalie. It's truly been a collective effort from top to bottom. And you see that with our stats and with our scoring so far. And we've had, on a given night, different guys step up and different guys contribute. And, uh, you know, we hope that's a sign of a team that can continue to grow and get better when um, – you know, we have a lot of different guys contributing and, and, you know, even some of our top players yet probably, um, if you were to ask them, they haven't quite found their stride yet offensively. So I think there's still room for, for some of those guys to continue to have an uptick with their numbers and, and, you know, continue with that depth scoring top to bottom. Well, let Nick get going, but uh, you heard probably as, as we brought you on today, Nick, you know, the wild in action tonight against the Canucks, and even though that you are obviously centered on on, on the force and your game with Tri-City tonight, can you walk some of the wild fans off a little bit of that <laughs> difficult Minnesota fashion? Oh, we're 0-3. This, this is it. We're not going to get a win. we got goaltending. Can you, can you reel that back for the fans and saying it's okay? Uh, it'll be all right? Well, I, you know what? It's it was fun because when I coached at St. Club State, um, we're only an hour away from the cities, and, and Matt Hendricks, who's in a lot of ours, is, is uh, in their player development staff. And, and so, um, you know, we have a decent amount of contact or had a decent amount of contact with them. And I can say from the outside looking in, um, I think Bill Guerin's done an outstanding job. I think Dean Evison's done an outstanding job. Um, I think the right people and the right players are in place. You know, I think. I was reading an article the other day. They had two three-game losing streaks last year, right, in a year where they were outstanding. Um, and if they happen during the middle of the year, you don't really, you know, probably pay too much attention to it. But That's just right. because it's 
fresh out of the gate, it sticks in everyone's minds. So, um, no, I, I think that organization has made some really nice changes and the people there do a great job and, um, they have plenty of talent. So, um, I'm going to, I'm going to look forward to continuing to watch them get better. So I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't be worried at all yeah. if I'm, uh, watching that. Now get some of those pieces, as we mentioned, back tonight with, with Greenway. All right, Tri-City tonight. Brad, we got that on 101.9. Is that correct tonight? That is correct. Yeah, we'll do a pregame about 6.50, and uh, face-off will be about 7.05, maybe closer to 7. Do you get a chance but, to uh, skate between, you know, in intermissions, Brad? Do you delay some up when no, you're broadcasting we, and get we, out there? We do have the beer can races that we do <laughs> uh, in the first intermission, and I, I one of my dreams fulfilled was after the uh, see the Clark Cup in 21 when the season was over. I got to I got to Put on the one one of the beer cans and go around the ice. Excellent, yeah. excellent. Fill out, fill the <laughs> fill the building out. Dream tonight. fulfilled. Right That's there. a dream fulfilled. Uh, Nick, good stuff, and, and hopefully we get a chance to talk as as your season moves along. Really appreciate you spending some time with us today on the show. Thanks, Nick, and good luck tonight. Awesome, appreciate it, guys. Nick Oliver, head coach of the Fargo Force, joining us tonight. That puck will drop uh, around uh, about seven oh five tonight, and uh, again, you can get out there and as we say, bring your ears along and. Tune in. Yankees down a gate. Nobody's worried about New York yet, right? Ball jumping out of minute made last night. These two teams, That's, this she is can going, go the distance. It's going the distance. Maybe. Uh, Padres found a way back yes. after everything was pointing to them not. And uh, we'll get time to talk about this in a minute. But the Barnesville Trojans scored in every way possible last night in our one of our high school games of the week, Barnesville and Holly. Brad, you had a call that I was going over some yes. of the, the sound today. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, the opening kick? Yeah, opening kickoff for score. Well, it's not the first time that's happened this year. I think it happened against Osakis, too. Or, mm-hmm. But I, I think what they were trying to do is not kick it to Braden Bredman, and they squibbed it right they, to him. They found did. a way to him. And that, dribbled it right down the middle of the field. And that's not where they wanted it to be. So, yeah. Oof. Because he is, uh, I was telling Brad this, I forgot to mention, he is a uh, first cousin to another well, a couple his two cousins, Josh and Brady Tweeten. Oh, yeah, that's the lineage. Yeah, their sisters are twins. I graduated with so ah, Anna and Angie. nicely done. Yeah, so, and they, they the sisters are pretty good in track in their day too. So, yeah. How about uh, nothing and, against their fathers? I mean, they're not, good well, athletes yeah, in their own right. Girls but, are uh, good, but uh, yeah, Barnesville just uh, a little statement right there last night. How about DGF continues to just play uh, great football? Yeah. A tight one with DL last night. Yep, number two and three A, and yep. Barnesville number three and two A, and. That's a pretty good representation around here. It's all sizing up for get ready for postseason, right? Uh, yeah, I'm a little anxious. No game for us Tuesday, though. A bye. No, so you have a bye till the 29th. Oh, mm-hmm. my gosh. That'll be, be Halloween weekend already. How, how can that be? I, I'm not believing it. <laughs> Do we get to set our clocks back like four hours coming up? Uh, coming up in Next November. Next weekend. <laughs> I think, is that, is it, or no, you're right. First weekend in November. You're right. Yeah, and then I think we're doing away with it. Is that the deal? Well, there was talk of it. I don't think it passed, though, did it? Or I gotta say, I don't know if that's actually uh, happened. Or there was a lot should, of talk. We should set our clocks back twice a year, uh, and not go forward. That would kind of screw things up a little with bit with the the, the yeah. clouds and there's the, a whole sun, the, the sun, the moon thing, and the yeah. rotation and all that. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. The question always get gets in the holiday season: Do you want your kids to be sitting at the bus stop when it's pitch black? Because it'd be dark till like nine. Right. That's right. But then it gets dark at four thirty. Yeah. And so, would you rather have it so it was dark till nine, and then a little bit lighter and then until lighter five thirty on the pickup? Yeah, yeah, but the pickup would have to be later. So I just it's can't figure it's, it out. Yeah, it's it's a it's a tough one. Tom Dodge coming up around the corner. Lots to get to today. We're working our way through a Thursday. We also have high school football tonight. 
West Fargo and Minot High. So the Magi are traveling all the way across the state of my North. heavens. The core, uh, yeah, that's a well. It's not all the way. I mean, I guess my hometown would almost be all. That the way. would be all the way. But yeah. Minot is a pretty good chunk of the way on that. So Jay Gibson and company in action tonight, right here on the fan and Thursday night football. Usually Thursday night football have been duds. Yes. Correct. That would be an understatement. Will this be a dud? The Saints and the Cardinals. And what's all this chatter about Odell Beckham Jr.? He might make it be making a comeback to the Minnesota Vikings, or is that all a hoax? Is well, that... no. There's been there's been a lot of talk on that. Yeah. Why yeah. would you bring that into that locker? Well, I don't that's, either. that's also I... been the chatter. Where today. would he fit? Well, what do they need him for? <laughs> I, I mean, KJ Osborne's he's done pretty, he's pretty fine, good right? job. I mean, he he's got, fine. You got three you can go to, and you're utilizing yeah. some of your tight you ends. Three and, and you know, Jalen Rager can be a fourth when he's not returning kicks uh, and plus returning punts. A little jet sweep guy with that, yeah. I, yeah but that's that's been a little bit of the scuttlebutt today. Look at Derek's face. No, I don't want to. Look at how the eyebrows are crinkled in a little bit on that. We'll take a time out. Tommy D coming up next, a Thursday edition of the show on 740 The Fan. Most Thursdays we bring uh, Guardsy on. I text JG and uh, and uh, and bless his heart. Outside of Tom Dosh first, Guardsy was the first to give me a buzz uh, when Dad passed away. And I thought, oh, that's good. And then I text Guardsy today and say, JG, uh, we got we got over twelve forty today. You want to buy twelve forty? He goes, kids don't have school. It's a madhouse. <laughs> I said, okay, no Guardsy today, <laughs> but we do have Tom Dosh today. Talk a little football. Tommy D joining us from the northern end of the Red River Valley, I believe, unless he's out in a. In a foundational uh, role today. Hi, Tom. How you doing, bud? I'm doing good, Jack. How are you? I'm, I'm not, I, I'm in the office. I'm not, I'm not out in a, uh, out and about and, uh, just, uh, enjoying this time of year. There's so many, so many things going on in the sports world. It's pretty much, uh, 100 miles an hour right now. Here's what I like about, you know, and, and Derek's here and Brad's here and, and, and Tom, here's what I like about being a fan. Just broadcasters aside, is that uh, games happen, and some games we feel Tom have have a little bit more leverage than others, you know. And then, but the problem is, is that you have like seven days, and in UND's case, you know, fourteen or so, to play it up and build it up in your mind. And by the time like the game comes, it, it, it's this giant anvil of of, and we put so much stock into this game. So I'll ask you on this, you know, how is it a big game because it's the next one? Is it a big game because it's number one coming to town? You know, is it a, is it a big game? How big is it, Tom, in your estimation? Well, if you want to hear the coach speak, and, I'll tell you it's, it's a big game because it's the next one because right. it is that is the most important game of the year is your next one. But clearly, when you have a opportunity like you and he's got this weekend with the number one team in the nation coming to town, coming off a huge win in uh, Fargo last week. You know, honestly, as a coach, you don't have to say a whole lot. And in talking with the coaching staff and even going to practice and sitting in some meetings this week, there is a little different vibe to it than there is maybe, well, certainly from last week when they didn't have a game. But, you know, you can just tell as far as just getting the guys focused and keeping them focused. Typically, when you have a game like this, you don't have to talk about it it's as much because they know it. And typically, your your players are going to be pretty pretty focused and pretty excited to practice, and they want to be sharp. And uh, that's what I've seen and heard this week from the UND guys. Tom, uh, you know I I haven't been a college football coach. Brad, you haven't been a college football coach. Derek, you haven't been a college football. You have Tom. 
How do you, and a linebacker's coach and all that kind of stuff, take us through what Stig and Bubba are going through right now. Well, they're, they're both coming They're coming off different weekends, obviously. Stig coming off a weekend where they won a huge game on the road and got to be ranked number one in the country. Um, where, you know, Bubba and his staff coming off a weekend where they're out watching high school games. And, uh, you know, so a little different. You know, Stig is, I think the reason that South Dakota State has been consistently near the top of the country over the last several years is the continuity they got. And really, it starts at the top with Stig, who's been there, you know, uh, he's been there 26 years, I think, as their head coach and was an assistant for several before that. So, you know, you know what you're getting every day if you're playing for Coach Stiglmeyer, and he's he knows what he's got to do to keep his guys focused on the task at hand. Otherwise, you don't get to that level. Uh, like I said, with Bubba, it's an opportunity to get get back home. You know, UND's, they've only had two home games. It's the 20th of October, and they've had two home games so far, which is, is the second year in a row they've had kind of a goofy schedule with that. So, hey, what do you want to, how can you get people excited about coming to watch our team play? Well, be playing well, which they are. They've won their last two games, they're four and two, and have a good opponent coming to town, which that's pretty obvious that's happening. So, there's quite a bit of buzz around town and, and what you see in here when you talk to people that people are excited. It's going to be great weather, which, of course, game time doesn't matter as much in the Lair Center, but for tailgating, uh, you're, what, 65 degrees, 62 degrees, whatever, Saturday afternoon, that's phenomenal for people to get out and enjoy the atmosphere and be part of it. So, uh, you know, I think both John uh, Stiglmeyer and Bubba are, are similar in that they're, you know, they're, they've been doing this a long time and they, they know, hey, we, let's just not get too caught up in in the whole um, pageantry and everything that's coming. Let's just focus on the task at hand and take care of our business. As far as the week off, you know, we talk so much about that health-wise and all that. I mean, does it take some time to get that going? And, you know, obviously North Dakota State, we know they're a physical team. South Dakota State's a very physical team. I mean, but they've just been in a hostile environment. It's really kind of hard to gauge, Tom, what the advantage is going to be here or not. You know, I, I think you can find maybe pros and cons for both. Yeah, I'll, you know, I can, I'll give you more info on that about 6 o'clock on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, right, I, yeah. You know, it, it, it's a classic second, you know, Monday morning quarterback. Whatever. You can use whatever criteria fits after you see the results. Um, again, North uh, South Dakota State, obviously a physical game. They, got, they, they had a few guys banged up, which you're going to when you play a, a, in a game like that. They're playing well, and when you're playing well, you want to keep playing. UND, some time off to rest. I think an advantage for UND coming off a, a bye week is, when you, again, when you look at the magnitude of the game and, the, and the, the opponent that's coming to town, I think that really, you know, that really helps uh, you prepare and be able to hopefully not be rusty. Cause, you know, because the, the, the question, of course, is rest versus rust, right? What are you going to have if you're the, uh, the off week? Well, you are rested up, but... You want to make sure you're sharp. And, again, you won't know that until the game starts. But, again, you're playing a top team like uh, North Dakota is this weekend. I, th- I think that helps you really focus and say, hey, let's get ready to go from the start. So, and for South Dakota State, hey, you're playing well. Let's keep the focus on the task at hand and let's keep playing well. Something that uh, Stig said this week, and, by the way, here's a cue, and Tom knows this because he's sitting by me, and Mike Berg will be with me uh, this weekend with Paul Ralston because Tom's going to be a dad. Well, he's a dad every day, but, but he's going to be a <laughs> – a super dad uh, coming up this weekend. Something, a little cue here. Don't eat peanut butter pretzels while on the air. Now, Tom, I know that you and I try to eat as much as we can, including uh, <laughs> your wonderful wife's uh, football muffins. It's almost like that scene out of uh, 
uh, Ace Ventura laces out little footballs. Yeah, his wife makes these muffins. Nice. Yeah, it's phenomenal. So, Tom, now I really want your, your coach's head on uh, again. And, again, you've been doing it a long time. Stig said this week regarding North Dakota's defense, because they'll show uneven fronts, they'll show various fronts. You know, yeah, they play a 3-4, but sometimes show uh, even fronts. Pressures will come. Twists will come. And then Stig said, so our, our offense, we're just going to have to keep it basic, keep it simple. Now, <laughs> that means – a lot of big weight in the on the line. At times, doing thirteen personnel, maybe you might see three tight ends in that line, two backs that he can rotate in. One one a scat back. We'll see how Davis performs this week. It's tight end you for goodness sakes, and wide receivers that can do it. And by the way, a pretty good quarterback. So let's just start from your defensive head, uh, Tom. How do you neutralize? How do you neutralize that? Well, I, again, the, I think the balance of South Dakota State is really. Uh, you know, it makes them so hard to, to defend and, and prepare for, you know, because they do throw it around with the Yankee brothers and, and obviously the tight ends. They can throw it, but clearly they can run the ball. So you, you, you gotta, you've got to make them earn it. And, you know, and the UND defensive coaches would probably tell you they haven't been where they want to be this year as far as giving up big plays, right? They've probably given up too many big pass plays, a couple of big run plays. And against a good team like this, you really do have to make them. You can't make it easy for them because, uh, they're just too good that if you give them easy touchdowns, they're going to get some some other ones that they earn. So you got to figure out a way to do that. You got to neutralize them up front because they are good. Their their offense and defensive lines are as good as any in the league, and there's some really good ones in the league. But they're they're really good up front. And then how do you how do you take care of the tight ends? You know, Zach Hines uh, will play, and I would imagine uh, Tucker Craft's going to play. Uh, you know, and I, I actually I coached Tucker's brother uh, Cody for six years at Northern. Mm. So Tucker, I've known Tucker since he was about seven or eight years old. I think and he's a lot bigger now than he was then. By the way, I would imagine, uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and so um, you know they've got some weapons there, and 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 the Yankee brothers. So you know you, you just say that they don't have a, any major weaknesses that you can say let's go and exploit these weaknesses or make them beat you doing this or that. So you got to make them earn it, and then you got to figure out the, a way to steal some possessions, Jack. You know you got to. Get an interception. Got to get a strip sack, block a kick. You got to do something like that so you can get yourself a short field. Because if, if you flip to the other side, they're really good on defense too. Their defensive line is phenomenal, so they don't have to do it nearly as much pressure and stuff because they're really good up front and they can control you up front. So, but get some get some short field, get steal a possession or two, and then take advantage of it. But that, but you got to limit their big plays. You can't let them you know walk in from fifty or sixty yards out because that, that'll just demoralize you and kill you we love columns right fellas uh if i told you that und was going to be mm, eight of 12 on third down conversions top would you be like okay meaning is the best defense a good offense that stays on the field yeah you know i think last year jack if you remember right when it, when you and i did the, the game down in brookings right. last year und was depleted if you remember right especially on the offensive line well let's go without and and it was really a a depleted bunch, but really came down to the last play of the game against a really good Jackrabbit team. Who, and they were playing for something because they needed that to – if they had lost, they, they would have made the playoffs, but they wouldn't have gotten a seed. So they were playing for a seed. And I think I think they were 13 of 16 on third downs or, yeah. or on third and fourth downs, which, yeah, you that's how you do it. You keep that offense off the field by, by moving the chains. It's just you got to figure out a way to be efficient. So I think if you're UND, you take that percentage. And, of course, you and I both know 
UND is going to go for it on fourth down. That's just, that's how that's how UND plays, and that's really the game in 2022. Really, it's just amazing how much people go for it on fourth down now because of analytics and and not the analytics where you pull your starting pitcher out after five innings. <laughs> <laughs> not Chris Archer analytics. We, 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 yeah, with 64 pitches, and this is we're talking about. Uh, you know, teams are making it on on fourth down a lot and 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 going for it a lot. So. Um, it's not only third down, but then it's also fourth down. And you, you'll see UND go for it on fourth down because they, they have all year, and especially in a game like this. I mean, it, the advantage they've got is, hey, we, let's cut loose and play. The, the pressure really is on them. They're number one in the country, and we're not. So let's let's keep the pressure on them. And let's play loose and, and, and play fearless. And if UND does that, hey, get to the fourth quarter, give yourself a chance to win the game. That's what, is, what they're looking for. What Tom's getting at, Derek and Brad, is is risk-reward within a game. Oh, yeah. Right? I, I don't fault a coach for going for it once he crosses the other team's forty-five very often. I, because I, I, if you if you punt in the end zone, you don't gain that much net on the whole thing. And right. and I, you know, if it's if it's fourth and five or shorter, I I I don't I don't second guess that very much, Tom. Because part of it is I always say, and I don't know if you agree with this, being a coach and all that, but I always say after the uh, final score, the, the next most important stat is the yards or anything else. It's turnovers. And then a little bit behind that is third down conversions are the same thing because you're essentially turning the ball over when you punt it away. You really are. And uh, as we were talking, just uh, see, UND was 13 of 19 last year. On 13 of 19. And they were 2 of 2 on fourth down. So they were really 15 of, of those wow. 19 opportunities. You made 15 out of 19. That, and that's phenomenal. That's off the charts. South Dakota State was 3 of 9. So that's why, even though I mean, South Dakota State was a better team last year, but that's really why it came down to if you remember right, UND had a chance to win the game with less than 40 seconds yes, left they because they played efficient, didn't turn the ball over. And you're right, it's, the yards aren't as big a deal as takeaways and um, third downs. If you can get some takeaways, you can convert third downs, you're going to give yourself a chance any game, especially against a good team, to, to win it when the fourth quarter rolls around. We would be remiss, and I was chatting with Brad uh, before the game because uh, you know those of us, that, you know, if you have children and, and they're, you're lucky enough maybe for them to be in sport, uh, it's great because competition, all that. Well, you know, having daughters that, that obviously played some volleyball, but then then their second sport was uh, was tennis, and I love tennis. Tough to spectate because you can't cheer, yeah. right? You can't you can't you can't make any noise at tennis. Have you ever been to a tennis match? It's tough. You can't go. I go, honey, wait, cry down, sir. Sorry, you know that's tennis. <laughs> then I did PA for a Fargo North swim meet. Yeah, and and I'm That's sitting. That's kind of chaos, isn't it? And yeah. I'm watching people cheer for their sons or daughters. Daughters at this point was that, and you only cheer when the head's above the water, which I understand. It makes sense because they can't hear you when they're underwater. So I was talking to Brad. I'm like, what are the toughest sports to spectate? And I don't mean because the sport's not fun or anything. It's just like it's literally tough to spectate. Cross country, Tom. Your daughter is one of the best in the state of North Dakota, and and I know you're a humble guy. You won't bring it up. So Lauren. It was the uh, senior athlete of the year. She won the EDC meet. So you get that's why you're not going to be with me in the booth. And and and, and Mike and I and Paul will will carry it for you. But uh, cross country is not easy to spectate. <laughs> do you run with your daughter when that, or do, do, do you, are you on a scooter? What, how does how does that work? Well, it really depends on the venue. Believe it or not, you know the the the, the Grand Forks uh, course up here is at Lincoln Park, and they, they have a great setup here, probably the best in the state, and that you can. They kind of go back and forth, so you can kind of work down the line. You can probably see the runners six or eight times. Do you remember that? Because 
Uh, Matthew was FaceTiming me when we were in Youngstown. In fact, I think you said Matthew made all conference. I said uh, inadvertently made all conference, which was a great line, by the way. Thank you. Tom's son is is videoing Lauren, but every now and then the phone went down because he was getting a little gassed. So you just see the ground. And I said, Tom, I think your son's going to inadvertently be the senior girls uh, track cross country winner uh, because he's going to finish ahead of Lauren. Yeah, that's that's I. That's why I wouldn't make it past like the the, the first hundred yards of that. <laughs> Derek, you and I'd be in a right. golf no. cart. Let's not get ourselves. Oh, yeah. Well, but but this was at Parkhurst Recreation in, in Jamestown, which is set up specifically for cross country. Jim Clark, Rush, Michael made it years ago, and it's a great a great course, but it's not user friendly. So you're going through some brush. You you've got there may be a pheasant or two. You got to dodge. There's some hunting dogs <laughs> out there to get everybody cleared. Could, uh, could there, be a there, deer. There's a few more obstacles. Uh, so it's kind of you got to kind of pick and choose a little bit to be honest with you. And, and honestly, there's some adrenaline that gets flowing when you're even when you're a parent, you're cheering for your 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 kid and their team. Um, that you know you you get juiced up pretty much, and it's not hard going from one spot to another and and cheering them on. But they've been down there a few times now the last couple of years, so you have an idea of the four or five spots you're going to go and and cheer them on. And then of course you want to be there for the for the finish and. The start is really something because they'll be close to 200 girls and close to 200 boys running separately, of course. Um, and the start's crazy because it's just a just a load of kids just flying out of there. And you you obviously, as a runner, you got to get near the front if you want to give yourself a chance. So it's a it's not a sprint, but it's pretty close. But then you you, you find your spots and you cheer them on and and uh, you know hope they do well. And it's a it's it's a it's a fun it, it is a a fun sport to watch from the standpoint of there's a lot of people cheering for a lot of it's, it's a pretty positive uh, atmosphere and environment sure like it. the energy yeah i can imagine the energy is that that starting gate of the cross-country state championship has got to be like walmart on a saturday yeah pretty much <laughs> i would i would right brad my, my luck oh, i would yeah. fall and i end up like kevin bacon and right i wonder too it's like you got it, it takes a little while like, to you know they start getting the the field separated a little bit yeah i'm surprised that they don't get trampled on or stumbled upon or fall over her, or, yeah, it, it, I'm surprised it, it doesn't happen more than it does. Is there some jostling going on there, Tom? I mean, did, does LD throw an elbow out of the gate, or is she just uh, staying on her course? Well, they they when they when they put him in the box, you know, each each team's got a box. They've got a uh, uh, you, you're with your teammates. So if you're if you're doing any jostling, for the most part, you're doing with your teammates. Oh, okay, so that not, wouldn't make sense. All right, I got yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but uh, she'll get out. You know, Lauren will get out with. Jocelyn Schiller, who's a, uh, just a phenomenal athlete here at Red River as well. And then, you know, there'll be another half a dozen girls that, that are going to get out and, and get to the front early. And then and then you just got to, I tell her, you just um, get a resort to your training and trust your training. And, and hopefully that, that'll do it for you. And I, I, I use the old Roger Thomas, my, my former boss here at UND. I, his, his, his cross-country uh, coaching advice was, and I, I still use it to the day with Lauren, is all I can really tell you coaching-wise is, Hurry back. That's that's about the only <laughs> thing good. I can great, say. Hurry back. Hurry back. It's a great and, line. Uh, we love you either way, but come back as fast as you can. That's so, a great. Yeah, that's good. good. Yeah, that works. In a, I mean, wrestling meets you can just go crazy, right? Verbally, Derek. Oh, I, I right. Think that's the. To me, you asked me what's the hardest to watch. That's that's you know that's six minutes of a guy who's you know probably aged me how many right, years but just is, watching it, the boy when you're watching the boy i mean do you, do you scream and then then you're dead silent for like i don't and really, then... i never really scream much you know i mean 
I didn't really know all the moves like some of these, you know, former wrestling right. dads up there did. But uh, like, take a snack, yeah, take yeah, a spin his leg. It's kind of one of those things. You well, just, not only do they cheer, they do the, they, they, they're, they're trying to do yeah, the move right. for them. That, I, I was just oh. going to say that, Brad. I, I'm I usually with people. I was looking like Luke Skywalker trying to move stuff, like the, use the force. <laughs> the I'm force. trying to move him. Or they're trying know, to throw like, the chicken wing. It looks like know. they're playing charades, basically. Yes. 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 It's funny, you know, in, uh, the Mosier brothers that were, yeah. you know, they graduated from Frazee, they were coaching at Perm. They were doing stuff, and you could watch them at tournaments, and they don't think they were, they looked like synchronized swimmers, the way they were doing it. So you have these two brothers look exactly like doing the same thing, and they're like, you know, throw in the half, do arm bar, you know, all that stuff, and they were doing it at the same level. So yeah. There's our text club question. The uh-huh. Toughest sports to spectate, but not because, like, the sport is bad. It's just almost literally almost impossible. Well, as a parent, I think <clears throat> wrestling's got to be up there as far as torturous. You know, a close second, I think you would agree with this, is volleyball because yeah, if is. they make an unforced error, it's really tough on them. So, and there are just so many factions of that. The yeah. pass has to be right, the set has to be right, mm-hmm. the kill has to, you know, all of that day yeah. going on. So, Tom, more power to you, man. I, I tell you, hurry back. That's a, that's yeah, a great that's, line. That's the courtesy of Roger Tom. So, and I, I I just told him that a couple of weeks ago too. He that's texted good. and I told him that. I'm giving him credit, but yeah, we'll be watching and and we'll be while we're watching them run and cheering. I'll be I'll be listening to you and 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 Mike and. Um, and Paul, you know, of course the timing, uh, I was thinking, well, it's going to be the same days. Maybe if they start at noon, I can hustle back and, you know, get, get here in time for kickoff. And of course the, 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 the boys run at two, the girls run at two forty-five. So and the kickoffs at, at three before kickoffs. So I don't think I'm going to make it. So I'd like to be Tom Dosh. We'll be tuned in. I'd like to be Tom Dosh this weekend. He's got a little bit on it. And Brad, you thought you've done like five different games of four different sports this week. Yeah. Tommy is going to be full on Saturday. Tommy, yeah. always, always great to hear from you, man, and and sincerely, uh, good luck to all the runners, obviously, in Jamestown uh, this week in the state cross country, but special one from uh, for Lauren, too, and, and the juice and all those girls. So, Tommy, enjoy it, buddy. We, uh, we'll talk to you soon, okay? Sounds great. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Have a great week. You bet. The great Tom Dosh. You know, Dosh, should be, you could play for Dosh, couldn't you? He's oh, stern, easy. right? Easily, <clears throat> easily. Stern wants to know what he gets, but then also got a you know that that philosophy on that. Yeah, I don't know if I could have uh, coached if like. Well, I was gonna say, but I don't think that the, there was girls wrestling when my daughters were in high. Well, maybe there was, but that would have been a tough one. Yeah, it's a uh, that that's a grind. It's intense, D. That that would be an understatement, right? Yeah, you're intense right now. Just bringing up the topic, uh, probably I, I, going oh, over yeah, those. I, well, I mean, I miss it as much as anything. You know, I know that, you do that. Uh, because it made the winter go by very, very fast, which it doesn't know. You know, I, you try to go to them now, but it's just not the same. You know, I enjoy the bison wrestling when I'm doing the public address and all right. that. And boy, do they have a schedule, by the way. The old golfers are coming to town. So, I mean, there, there's a lot of – if you haven't checked it out and you like amateur wrestling uh, – that's it. Go check out the absolutely. Go check out the because you got the you know we talked about this division one move getting some big boys to come here. K State oh. came you know early on. Uh, I mean Big Twelve. They, they've I mean, had that... Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Iowa State. I mean you're talking, you know, you, those four schools right there, kind of close to the Mount Rushmore of all time. You know, now, that now we're... Iowa and Iowa. Uh, you know, Nebraska's been here in Barnesville or West Fargo or South or Frazier or that. How much in the movie Vision Quest? You know, you know, it's the next wrestler, next weight class up, and usually they're behind the chairs on, you know, yeah. doing their their swims and whatever else they're doing uh, on that. How many kids go to like an adjacent gym like Loudon Swain did, like a room? And, and a lot of it when you like a high school, you have a home room. If the wrestling room is adjacent to 
to where it is. Yeah, they'll pop in there. And that's where ours was. I don't know if the new configuration is going to be a little tougher. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that, that's the scene, man. That's like that's that's as intense as the match that's going on on the mat. Uh, yeah, I think it's just because the spotlight's on you and it's just two people out there. It's a little different too. There's not like ten people on a basketball court. There's not twelve people on a volleyball court. So it's it's a little it's a little different. It's it's. And then when it comes down to like the last match and it's you know twenty two twenty one or whatever, and and then you have Daddy. whatever move is going on. I've, I think it's one of the. Would you agree, Brad? I mean, I think those when you have two good wrestling teams, maybe going for a section title in Minnesota, and it comes down to the last match. I don't know if there's a more intense thing in sports. I really don't. Um, yeah, and I would say uh, I've been down to some state tournaments. It's been a few years since I've covered that uh, tournament, but. Um... If you've got like a, a highly touted match, like individually down in that environment, yeah. and where you start getting people from some of the other sections and watching some of the other and going, because I mean, there was one a few years ago, I think it was John May of Hutchinson, and I forget who he was wrestling, but it got like the whole yeah. lower bowl of the X is watching this. And, and the I, sound on that, like I know that unbelievable. It, I know you know the demons had been such a strong for sure and still yeah. are, but in Williston had a strong program, and they actually televised just a just a duel. One time, oh, yeah. it was such a big clash of that, and they, I think, in Western North Dakota, put it on some network out there, and I thought, wow, but yeah, that's uh, yeah, yeah, give wrestling some love today. Oh, it's 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 amazing. It's about a, str- it, it, but it's fun, you know. Yeah. Uh, quick timeout. Uh, we're back with more. Got a busy uh, day, weekend, everything. We'll set the table for you next on seven forty. The fan. Got to send a shout out by the. How did I bury this lead uh, this morning on our brother station? About once a month, I guess we. Uh, we travel to a town in the community and, and, and break bread, and I guess in this case donuts, and have coffee and, 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 and all of that. And today we were in Milner, not far from uh, maybe your stomping grounds there, uh, Bradley. Oh, and, I uh, spent a lot of time in my childhood in Milner. Right. You know, so, Mom and dad are from Milner. So. so if your name was Mund, I was hanging out with you today. Well, uh, there are a lot. You can pick your, <laughs> pick your favorite Mund at Milner. The, uh, the, that uh, Dakota Dirt coffee, I'll give them a little plug today. But this is, uh, you know, this is, you know, a couple of fellas there, twenty-eight to thirty years of age, that have uh, have put the legwork in, rolled up their sleeves, and taken a product and and, and sell it because you got to go to shows and, and and you sell it on the massive landscape, but also try to bring a little business to your hometown and do something for your community and have something there. So we really champion that. It's a nice. A nice warehouse, and of course they've got a basketball hoop in the back where they Whoa. play horse for different. Well, they were part of the uh, the uh, state championship team. That's athletic community. 2013. I'd ask the fellows who's who's like Milner's rival, but because they're all been, de- they're all together, right now, now it's all kind of you know all that. Uh, I'd say Winemere Lidgerwood's up there. Yeah, these days Lisbon too. Yeah, I mean it was Lisbon kind of was for a while, but yeah, back when they were all. When they were all separate, it was, yeah, it was Gwinter and Sergeant Central. I asked the boys uh, today, and, and then, you know, they're married and whatnot now. Mm-hmm. I said, but, uh, and I think I've asked Derek this before. I said, yeah, you ever uh, go to prom with a rival school? And then Bo, part of the owners, goes, oh, does that stink? Because, because <laughs> if it's the girl from this school and then brings a boy from the rival, that boy's not accepted very well correct. at that problem. Yeah. Is that correct? Does that sound right? That sounds about right. Well, yeah. I mean, it, was, that kind of started to change some, a little bit more when I was in high places. school. Yeah, I mean, we, we kind of got, 
I mean, I had a friend of mine that, you know, we, we kind of got along with some guys from Holly, and, you know, so we, you know, it, it, it just depends. I had some relatives in Gwinter that were cousins, and we were about the similar in age. That's just it. I mean, and see, we started, and, and they started they started dating guys in my in my class, and, yeah, yeah. so, I mean, yeah, it, it, it some places, yeah, some places. The community com- becomes one when it's not a state tournament or something. Is that what you're saying? Oh, that, I was, the, especially down that way, too, because you, if you ever go to a, the, the, the region basketball tournaments at Science, and you've got a team from down that way. Because um, I saw that when Melner won it. We saw sure. Weinmere Lidgerwood went to state the one year. Uh, the old District 1 crowd, they they stick together pretty tight. Pretty tight? Yep. Here's what well, I want. because half of them are related. It's, you know, it's like, right. it's, I, mean, yeah. I don't think they ever worry about the rival school thing. It's just they want to make sure they're not asking other girls <laughs> right. that's their third cousin or everybody's something. Like yeah, I mean, for goodness sake. You're not going to see that uh, if Central Cast makes it a state tournament. I don't think there's going to be people from Kindred rooting for them. No, uh, I always them said them this. That's that, a very good point. I always said this whether you grew up in a, in a like, like Fargo, Moorhead, West Fargo, or in like Bismarck, Mandan area, because there's so many schools. If you have daughters uh, and they're not maybe attached, they end up going to like four different proms and they need four different it's the most expensive thing you'll ever get into yeah period well same thing with a small town i think i i <laughs> nieces and thompson they went to like three different proms oh sure but yeah. don't you think it's diff- weird that they feel like they need different dresses because like the i don't get I went it to high school with they had one dress and they went to all of, if they went to three they wore that yeah. same dress here's now. your dress i just dropped eight hundred dollars you exactly. can wear that to i don't three care different. if i yeah we can we can we can use this more than once well i think it's probably a social media thing right because they don't want to be seen the same dress on you know, on Snapchat or Twitter or Facebook or whatever, <laughs> where we didn't have that when we were growing up. You just no. had pictures, and that was good. No. We wear the same thing, hash jeans with bell bottoms. It's interesting you said that about Kindred and Central Cast, because I agree with you on that. I don't think they would pull for each other much if they went on. Or Oh, I've seen it in social media. They, they don't. Most of the time, they don't. Yeah. But I always pulled for Peter Nats and Holly to win the state championship, even if they if beat us yeah. in the section. I always did. And yeah. it's, as a respect I had, and I, you know, cheered for Pelican when they won it in 1997 and the basketball yeah. in 1984. Spanning the globe with topics abundant. Common is next on the fan. Yeah.